We are back for episode 8 of the N10 Puck Talk podcast. This episode is being recorded on April 13th, 2019. And alongside me is always Andrew Flager. Andrew, how you doing, man? Pretty good, Thomas. The Masters are on this weekend. Uh, NBA playoffs are starting tonight. And most importantly, NHL playoffs are continuing. So I'm pretty pumped up. Oh, actually, no, I, I mentioned the NBA playoffs are, are starting, right? Raptors yeah. play pretty soon at 5 o'clock, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, Raptors and Leafs are in action tonight, and uh, everyone is actually pretty excited in the GTA area, and everyone is excited for the NHL playoffs, so we're going to be talking about that on this episode today. And we're also going to be talking about breaking news that actually just happened out of Tampa Bay. Nikita Kucherov is suspended one game for his hit on Marcus Nudavara in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup playoffs yesterday. What's your reaction to that first uh, flagger? Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of a bit iffy on this. I don't know if you saw the hit. Um, Kucherov kind of tripped up Nudavar before he hit him. Um, and Nudavar was kind of, he was kind of getting up, it looked like, but then he stumbled to get up. So he stayed on his knees and made a pass. And Kucherov came and hit him. Yeah, so Kucherov came in to hit him. And it didn't really look like that he was intending to target um, Nudavar's head. But it did look like Kucherov was trying to obviously throw a solid hit. I, I don't know what was going through Kucherov's mind. Um, but he, he obviously did not hold up, and he threw that hit. So I think I think it is suspension-worthy. And at the end of the day, it's only one game. Tampa Bay Lightning are going to suffer from this suspension, but we'll see. Yeah, that's a horrible loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they're also struggling in the series as well. Like it's not like they're they want they're up to nothing. They're down to nothing, and they're losing the best player in the NHL in this season, Nikita Kucherov. And it's what like after the hit, I saw it live. I was telling my brother that looked like the Nazem Kadri hit we saw against. I think it was Tommy Wingles last year in the playoffs in Game One. Uh, Leafs versus Bruins, obviously. It it wasn't as bad as the hit that Kadri threw, but it kind of reminded me of it. He didn't target the head, but you don't hit a player when he's like kneeing down on the floor like that. Like he's just so vulnerable to a hit. And Kucherov is not that dirty of a player, but he's known to be angry when his when things aren't going his way. Like last year, he kicked Brett Connolly, I think, in Game Two or something of the Conference Finals in the leg, and now he does this to Nudavara, and he gets suspended one game. So that's not good for the Lightning heading into Game Three in Columbus. Yeah, no, he's a big loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And now that they're trailing two nothing in that series, that's there's going to be some eyebrows raised there. Um, they need to step it up. They don't look good at all. Uh, they blew obviously on Wednesday night. They blew that three yeah. nothing lead after the first period, which I thought I really thought Tampa was going to come away with the victory in that game, but you would think yeah, so. they're not looking too good. So this is going to hurt them for sure. Other news from around the league this week. We got an update on the Connor McDavid injury. Last week, Connor McDavid went down with uh, an apparent knee injury. Uh, we talked about it on last week's pod. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers tweeted this week that McDavid will immediately begin rehabilitation protocol. And Elliot Friedman also tweeted about this McDavid injury. Um, he quoted the Oilers tweet, and he mentioned that McDavid suffered a, a PCL injury, and he does not need surgery, so he's expected to be ready in time for training camp at the end of the summer. So that's huge news for the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid. I would really be upset just as a hockey fan if McDavid uh, were injured to start next season, especially um, 
noting the Edmonton Oilers' history and how they're not haven't been such a great team lately because that would be a, a tough loss for them. Yeah, we're hoping and praying that he's back for game one of the season next year. Uh, that's That would be a huge blow for the Edmonton Oilers lineup, especially because it's not very good right now with him in it. So hopefully he's back in it and hopefully he's okay. He's got the whole summer to uh, rehab this his leg and hopefully get better. The last little bit of news that we have from the NHL this week, there's not a lot going on right now as we're uh, in playoffs, so that's the main focus of the league right now. The draft lottery happened this week, and we found out who's going to be getting, uh, who's going to be drafting where in the 2019 um, NHL draft. So the Devils ended up with the first round pick, or sorry, the first overall pick, who yep. uh, the Devils had the third best chances to get the first overall pick with an 11.5% chance. Uh, the Rangers ended up with the second pick who had a, who had the fifth best chance at getting first overall pick with 8.5%. Blackhawks came out of nowhere. They had the 10th tenth best chance at getting the first overall pick and they're going to be picking third overall. They had a 3.1% chance of getting the first overall pick. And the Colorado Avalanche kind of got snubbed. They uh, picked up the Sens' first-round pick, which had a 18.5% chance of getting the first overall pick, which were the best chances in this draft lottery. So they kind of got snubbed a little bit there. And Thomas, your prediction was wrong from last week. The Kings fell to fifth overall. They're going to be drafting fifth overall in this year's draft. Mm -hmm. They had the second-best chances with 13.5% chances of um, getting that first overall, overall pick. So, thoughts on that, Thomas? Yeah, I think uh, I missed the whole draft lottery. I was uh, at a shoot for my uh, course, and I got an update on my phone that New Jersey won the first overall pick. I, I, I don't know why I wasn't happy about it, but I guess the reason why I wasn't happy about it is because they already drafted Nico Heischer in 2017 first overall. And I feel like, you know, I think Jack Hughes is obviously going to go first overall. I don't think there's a discussion about that. But Capo Caco, the second overall pick, is supposed to give him a run for his money. I don't see it happening. I still see Jack Hughes going first overall. But I don't know. I think Jack Hughes, um, I think the NHL would do a, a, a whole lot better marketing with him on the Rangers, the Blackhawks, the Avalanche, or the Alley Kings, just because of the players surrounding him. And I feel like the Devils didn't deserve him a whole lot just because by the fact that they were bad, like, I mean, the New Jersey Devils aren't good, aren't a good team. And they lost Taylor Hall for the whole season this year, basically. And I just feel like all the other teams would have, like, I don't know, I guess they deserve him in a way, but I don't know, it's just a stupid take from me. But like, I, I, like, I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't happy about him going to the Devils. I just feel like he would be better off somewhere else besides the Devils because Devils aren't that good, and I don't think they deserve them that much, but I don't know what your take on that is. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. I, I'm not happy to see him going to the Devils, really. I kind of wanted to see him going to L.A. because L.A., they've been at the bottom of the pack for the last couple of years now. Um, even the Colorado Avalanche would be uh, a good spot for him, I think. There's a lot of young talent in that lineup as well. Um I guess I'm just not happy to see him going to the Devils because they obviously had the first round pick last year. So, or um, no, was it two years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was 2017. But yeah, I'm not I'm not as happy as I guess 
I would have been if uh, I found out he was going to the Kings or Colorado Avalanche. So. And a lot of other people would love to see him go to the Avalanche just because the Sens traded that pick a year ago for Matt Duchesne. That would have been something to see if the Avalanche were to get Jack Hughes. And they're in yeah, the playoffs right now. <laughs> that's kind of crazy to think that the Colorado Avalanche are in the playoffs and they have a top four pick. Like, that's just huge. Yeah. That's great for their franchise. Yeah. That's great, great news for their future. I'm kind of happy for them because they haven't really been uh, a playoff team at all, really, other than this season. We haven't really seen them have much success, so maybe that will change in the future, in the upcoming future. And I'm just going to pull something up here on my computer. I think that the Colorado Avalanche in the 2017 draft, where Nico Heischer went first overall to the New Jersey Devils, the Avalanche had the worst odds, like the best odds to get them. So they, again, dropped from one to four in back and like so in 2017 they got the worst best odds and they dropped to four this year they had the best odds dropped to four again new jersey has taken two picks away from the avalanche again in in the nhl draft which is crazy to think and they're actually going back to four like that's that's crazy yeah i've seen a lot of jokes about that on twitter how uh, the nhl is rigging the draft lottery and how they're just giving picks to devils Kind of like the Oilers. Remember yeah. um, how the Oilers ended up with a few first overall picks Yeah. Um, in the span of a couple years? Uh, I mean, the format's changed since then. We should probably talk about that. What do you think about the current format? Do you think it's a good way to do it so teams don't tank? Or uh, do you think this is not the right way to do it? you think uh, just the, the worst team in the league should automatically get the first overall pick? Yeah, I think this is a good format to do the NHL draft lottery. It gives the NHL an excuse to put this on um, TV for fans to be engaged and for fans of the teams who are in the draft lottery to be engaged in something like they're going to win something instead of winning the cup. And it's also a good tool because you don't see, as you mentioned before, you don't see teams like absolutely tanking because when you finish last in the league, it's not a hundred percent going to be the first overall pick. Like the team is not going to pick first overall a hundred percent. There's different odds given to the teams that don't make the playoffs and it's pretty cool, actually. Like, I, I think all the sports, all major sports should do this because it eliminates tanking from the leagues that we saw years ago when Edmonton just tanked for the first overall pick all the time. And it's a good marketing tool for the NHL. Yeah, there's definitely perks to, to both sides. Like, I guess um, the old format kind of favored um, in helping the worst teams in the league kind of mm-hmm. get better players uh, by giving them. Uh, the top picks, but like you said, like this this current format that they have for the draft lottery right now, it definitely prevents tanking. So, um, yeah, there's perks to both sides, I think. Yeah, for sure. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Are you into prop betting or daily fantasy sports? Maybe both. I have some great news for you. BreakdownSports.com is partnering with a brand new company that combines daily fantasy sports with player props called Thrive Fantasy. It's really fun and the first of its kind. The way it works is you enter contests using your own lineup made of prop bets, and the more prop bets you guess correctly, the more points you get, which means the greater chance you have at winning money. If you deposit $10 now using our code BREAKDOWN, spelled B-R-K-D-W-N, or use the link found in our description, Fry Fantasy will match your deposit with free $10 credit. Use our link or code and try it out now. Anyways, the main focus right now in the NHL, obviously, is the 
Stanley Cup playoffs. So let's get right into that, Thomas. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets series for for a second here. Tampa Bay Lightning are the first team in the NHL. Sorry, they finished first place in the NHL by far. Yeah. And the Columbus Blue Jackets right now barely squeaked their way into the playoffs. And they're leading the Tampa Bay Lightning right now 2-0 in that series. They won both games on the road. Zach Wierenski last night recorded a Gordie Howe hat-trick, which is a goal, a fight, and an assist, which is actually the blue one, the first Blue Jackets Gordie Howe hat-trick in playoff franchise history, which is huge news for him. Yeah. Um, and Columbus is just looking good right now, and Tampa Bay is not, not in a hot spot. And obviously we previously mentioned that Kucherov's going to be out for Game 3, so that doesn't help either. And... I guess it's a it's it's a big shock to the hockey world because you'd think the invincible Tampa Bay Lightning would would be up to nothing against a cold Columbus Blue Jackets team, but Columbus is just playing unbelievable defense right now. In the second period, I'm not even kidding you. I think I don't I don't think the like the Tampa Bay Lightning got to the middle of the ice at all in the second period. Tampa Bay or Columbus was just keeping them to the outside. And I think they're doing a great defensive job. And John Tortorella is doing a, a fantastic job coaching this team right now because they won 5-1 yesterday and they look like they're having a lot of fun. Matt Duchesne records one goal, three assists last night. Panarin's on fire. Seth Jones on fire. Wawenski's on fire. And Bobrovsky's obviously playing really good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, th- I still think Tampa wins the series. But like I said three weeks ago on this podcast, out of the three teams... Carolina, Montreal, Columbus. Columbus is going to give Tampa Bay the hardest time, and they're going to steal a couple games from Tampa Bay, and they already have. See, Tampa's in a tough situation right now because they're heading to Columbus down to nothing. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on them as they finish first place in the in the league. Um, they're going to have a tough time, I think, coming out with the win in this series. This already this series messed up my bracket already. I had Tampa winning this series in five games. If Tampa even wins this series, it's going to go to six um, at the least, right? So, yeah, we'll see what happens here, I think. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky, I don't know if you watched that first game, Thomas, on Wednesday night when uh, Columbus was trailing 3 nothing after the first period and then Columbus came back and ended up winning 4-3. Yeah. Sergey Bobrovsky in that first period looked absolutely shit. He just looked terrible. Um, he ended up, obviously, the Columbus Blue Jackets ended up coming out with the victory. I think he was a huge part of uh, he of that victory after, pro, sorry after the first period because he kind of found his game after uh, letting in those three goals early, and yeah. uh, Columbus yeah. they didn't they didn't back down. I saw Torres gave him a nice uh, little yeah. mid game speech there heading into the second period. I think it was that kind of turned everything around. They're playing great. They're playing like the Columbus team we all envisioned them to be when they acquired all those guys at the deadline and made all those moves. I mean, I have Tampa in six, and hopefully Tampa just wins four in a row because then my bracket would be okay. I don't think that's the case. I think like, I think this might go seven just by the fact that they're up 2 nothing Columbus. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to play like this all series long. If they do, that's embarrassing, and that's a whole different shock to the hockey world because everyone and I mean everyone has Tampa Bay either at least going to the final or winning the Stanley Cup this year so to the people who put Columbus 
beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's that's a yeah, that's huge. I don't see Tampa getting out. I see them coming back in this series, but they got to play better. They got to play better offensively. They they had one goal last night, and Columbus playing good D. Yeah, Columbus also has Matt Duchesne right now uh, tied for first in points in the playoffs with four points. He had a goal and three assists last night. That was all in one game, by the way. So all four of his points in the playoffs came from last night's game. Um, yeah, so that's – this series is going to be interesting going forward, I think. Let's move on to the next series. Let's move on to the next series, the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs beat them on Thursday night, and they're, uh, cur- the Leafs are currently leading – Boston, the series one and nothing. Tonight, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be playing in Boston again, looking to upset them again. What were your thoughts on this series, Thomas? I know you watched that game on Thursday. Yeah, obviously I watched that game on Thursday. Um, Mitch Marner is having himself, he had himself a game, two goals, and he looked very dominant playing alongside Tavares and Hyman on the first line. The Leafs have to go in tonight doing the exact same thing they did on Thursday night. They have to play good and they have to play good defensively, close close all the gaps like they did, um, get some scoring off, uh, chances like, like they did, and they have to buy into the system. They have to – all the players have to be good enough for this team to go to the second round. Boston's players had some chances. They had some good looks. But, man, like, they – from what I saw, like, just the first line was doing all those chances. I don't – I didn't really notice all the other lines. Like, they were definitely good and – you definitely saw them on the ice, but you didn't really see much scoring chances from the Boston Bruins, and that has to do a lot with um, the Toronto defense. Jake Muzzin had himself a game, Ron Hainsey had himself a game, and Morgan Riley had himself a good game. So I think that the Leafs defense needs to keep this up and hopefully do this tonight. Yeah, I wrote about this series earlier on in the week, um, and I basically said that whichever, whatever the playing style in this series is, if it's uh, if it's more skilled, I said that the Toronto Maple Leafs would win it because I think they're more of a skilled team. But if it were a gritty and a, a very physical series, I predicted that the Boston Bruins would win this series. And looking at that first game, it looks like the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to um, come through with the victory if uh, my prediction is right because that, that game was very skilled. Uh, it, it was very pacey as well. I don't know why the Bruins weren't playing as gritty as they usually do. That's always given Toronto a tough time in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, like looking forward, this looks like a series that the Toronto Maple Leafs could actually come through with a victory against the Bruins. I know that the Bruins have obviously given them a hard time in the past. I got a little trend for all our listeners. The Boston Bruins are 12-3 and straight up in their last 15 games at home. Obviously, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Bruins on Thursday night in their own barn. But will we really see the Boston Bruins losing two games in a row at home to the Leafs in the playoffs? Who knows? But if you're looking for a good bet tonight, I think the Bruins are the way to go. My opinion. Yeah, like I mentioned before, the Leafs have to play a good defensive game in order to win game two tonight. Uh, Frederick Anderson, got to give him a lot of credit. That guy made a lot of saves on Thursday night, and you hopefully he keeps it up tonight. Uh, I wanted to mention something about... Oh, yeah, so um, Jake DeBrusque is a game-time decision tonight for the Bruins, and David Backus is going to be back in the lineup. I don't know why they're going with a gritty hitter in David Backus again for tonight like like you mentioned before it looked like a skilled game on game one game one on thursday night and they're inserting a gritty hitter like david backus so i don't know what the bruins i think they're just trying to slow down the game with this 
they're going to try and minimize the scoring chances for the Leafs and trying to keep them to the outside and on the not to the middle of the ice. And I don't know who's coming out for the Bruins. It might be Carson Kuhlman, who they inserted for game one. But he looked like a very fast, skilled player out there for the Bruins. Hopefully it's a good game tonight, and hopefully the Leafs pull off the W. Because if you can go up 2-0 on the Bruins, which they usually haven't in series, that's a big, big step up going into your own barn for game three on Monday night. Yeah, I think the reason why the Bruins are putting David Backus in their lineup tonight is because they're they kind of realize like, hey, we can't really outskill the Toronto Maple Leafs in the series, but we could out um, out um, like out hit them and, and play them tough, and we could beat them that way. So I think that's kind of why they're putting back his back in the lineup tonight. When I found out that they weren't putting him in their lineup on Thursday, I was kind of shocked. I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of odd. Like this guy's got a, a ton of playoff experience. He's obviously played against the Leafs a shit mm-hmm. ton in the past, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just found it weird that they didn't start him on Thursday, but I think that's kind of why they're putting him back in the lineup tonight. Other thing I wanted to mention about the Leafs is any of their lines, the Kadri line, the Matthews line, and the Tavares line can all go up against the Boston Bruins' first line and shut them down. Uh, obviously, we saw that on Thursday night. Yeah, hopefully they do it t- that tonight. Uh, another series that's going to be continuing tonight is the Washington Capitals. Versus the Carolina Hurricanes, the Washington Capitals lead 1-0 in the series. And some trends that Andrew Flager wants to mention right now. Andrew, you can go ahead and mention those. Yeah, the total has gone under in four of Carolina's last five games on the road in Washington. And Washington is 5-0 and straight up in their last five games against Carolina. So if you're looking for some good bets tonight, target the under in this game. And uh, Washington, I'm going to be targeting the Washington puck line, minus 1.5, so... Little little gambling tip for everyone out there. Yeah, the Washington Capitals came out with a bang in the first game. They were up three <laughs> nothing. That's not surprising at all. With the skill they have on the power play, and they use that to their advantage. And the Carolina Hurricanes, Andrei Svechnikov scored two goals for the Hurricanes, and they lost the game. I think it was four two or three two. But I I think Washington Capitals looked like the more dominant team. They looked like they've been there before because they have been there before the Carolina Hurricanes haven't made the playoffs in nine years and they look like they haven't made the playoffs in nine years I have Washington in six games I think Carolina can steal a game from them I think it might be tonight I think the Carolina Hurricanes will come out with a better attitude and better skill set and I think Washington's going to come out with the attitude that they're up one nothing and they think they could run over these guys but I think Carolina and all their whole team will definitely step up tonight for game two yeah, Sveshnikov had a huge first playoff game on Thursday. He put up two goals. Um, originally in this series, I had Washington sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes, but I have a bad feeling about that because the Carolina Hurricanes looked pretty good in the third period in that game on Thursday night. The Washington Capitals were leading that game 3 nothing up until the third period, and it, it kind of looked like the Carolina uh, Hurricanes were going to come back and win that game. They ended up scoring two late goals in the third period. So the game was 3-2, and then Washington, I believe they – I don't remember if they scored an empty netter. I think it might have been an empty netter. Anyways, it was a close game, especially in that third period. Carolina won that third period. They scored Washington 2-1 to in the third. I'm, I'm kind of scared about my four-game sweep prediction for the Caps because Carolina was looking good. Yeah, like I mentioned before, hopefully they uh, continue that tonight. Uh, do we want to go to the Western Con- – oh, no, there's one more. Forgot about this series. One more Eastern Conference. Yeah. Penguins versus <laughs> this is Islanders. A, this is a good series, too. It is. The, 
the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the New York Islanders. The Islanders are leading this series two to nothing, and I, Thomas, I think home ice advantage in this series is a huge factor. I was watching um, the Islanders game last night, Dad, um, and I, I just couldn't believe how crazy the Islanders fans yeah. were. That was one loud arena. They're that it remind it reminded me of a soccer game, kind of. You know how soccer fans are yep. always like chanting and everything mm-hmm. like that. That's kind of what that game, that atmosphere, reminded me of last night when I was watching that. Game. Yeah, this is probably the second most series that I'm viewing right now because my brother is a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and oh my god, this series has a hit every two seconds, a scrum after every whistle. These teams do not like each other, and you can tell when they're playing. This fourth line for the New York Islanders has been matched up with Sidney Crosby. And you think that Sidney Crosby would be too good for the fourth line of the Islanders. But Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cloud Cutterbuck are doing a great job at um, shutting down Crosby. Because Pittsburgh had one goal last night, like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning did. And I think the New York Islanders are doing a great defensive job. They were They were the best defensive team throughout the NHL this season, and they're doing that again in the playoffs versus the Penguins. Yeah, defense is definitely giving uh, the Islanders the upper hand advantage, I think, in this matchup. But I, I kind of – I can't see Pittsburgh losing any games at home, especially with all the experience that they have. I think they're going to go home and take those next two games in that series. Um, but Crosby, man, he hasn't really been producing at all. Uh, that fourth line you mentioned, they're, the Islanders' fourth line you mentioned are – are really shutting down Crosby and yeah, defense is a huge part in the Islanders' success. I think in that series. Yeah, Robin Lehner has been really good for the Islanders, and Crosby has been dominant in this series. But obviously, the puck isn't going in the net for him. He's giving the puck off to his landmate Jake Kensel, but it just hasn't been going in. And the power play for Pittsburgh was okay last night, and the Islanders were I think 0 for six on the power play, and they finally got one with Josh Bailey uh, tucking in the rebound. And the Islanders and the home ice advantage is definitely a factor in this series because they're screaming, they're yelling, and it's going back to Pittsburgh for game number three. Hopefully the Penguins fans can cheer on their team because they're going to need all the help they can get. Let's move on to the Western Conference now. Let's talk about the Calgary Flames and the Colorado Avalanche for a second. Calgary Flames are leading this series 1-0, and the series is going to continue tonight in Calgary. Um... First game on Thursday night, Calgary Flames shut out the Colorado Avalanche 4 to nothing. So, Thomas, I want to hear your thoughts on this series. Yeah, a lot of people didn't have faith in Mike Smith for game number one. And, well, he proved them all wrong with the shutout. Um, hopefully he continues that tonight because they're going to need him a lot tonight because I, I don't think the, uh, Colorado's going to come out and get shut out again. That would just be horrible for the Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon because Nathan McKinnon – wants to win a series and he wants to get to mm-hmm. the second round. He hasn't in his career and his two times he's gotten to the playoffs. And I don't see the Colorado Avalanche getting shut out tonight. So if the Calgary Flames want to go up 2 nothing headed to Colorado, they need to play a good defensive game again and they need to rely on Mike Smith again. And hopefully the goaltender, Mike Smith, can prove Flames fans wrong once again. A lot of people were doubting Mike Smith and they didn't know why he was starting over David Riddick in that first game. But, I mean, Mike Smith has more playoff experience. I think that was a big reason why the Flames wanted to go with him in that first game. Obviously, it paid off. Uh, He got the shutout with 26 saves. 
And the Flames are actually 5-0 and straight up in their last five games against the Colorado Avalanche, Thomas. So I kind of disagree with you. I don't see the Flames shutting out the Colorado Avalanche tonight, but I do see them coming through with another victory, I think. They're also 9-1 and straight up in their last 10 games against the Colorado Avalanche to expand that that little sample size there. So they're looking pretty good. Yeah, the Flames actually like really played good as an overall team. But Sean Monahan and Johnny Goudreau, their two best players in a sense, weren't even on the score sheet. So I think the Flames did a very good job with their depth. Andrew Mangiapane, fellow Italian, uh, got a goal on um, Philip Grubauer. Matthew Kachuk got two goals. One was an empty netter. Uh, I think the Flames just need to keep going, and their best players weren't even their best players that night, I think. Yeah, that second line combined for three goals out of the four goals scored on, on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, obviously, Backlund popped one in, and Matthew Kachuk scored two. So that line of Kachuk, Backlund, and Michael Froelich are a huge, were a huge part in that victory on Thursday night. I, I love Matthew Kachuk. I think he's a great player, and he's, he's going to be a... One of the deciding factors, I think, in this series, because he's a very gritty player, but he could also put pucks in the net, as we've seen. Manjipani, by the way, the, the manja cake on the fourth line of the Calgary <laughs> Flames. Uh, he, I don't even know who he is, to be honest. When I saw that he uh, popped up on the score sheet, I kind of was confused. I didn't even know who yeah. he was, but good on him for coming through and putting one in for the Flames on Thursday night. I'm yeah, excited nice to watch goal. this game tonight. Mm-hmm. Me too. Next series, we've got the San Jose Sharks against the Vegas Golden Knights. This is the only series in the playoffs right now that is tied one-to-one. That's pretty interesting, not going to lie. <laughs> um, it it definitely deserves to be tied because both, t- both teams don't want to win, I guess, in a sense, because last night's game was back and forth. Um, Vegas took a 3-0 lead in the game before – reaching the 10-minute mark. Jones was out of the net. Looked like San Jose was done for the game. They just went home. Fans just didn't care anymore. Then they come back in the first period, ties it, tie the game 3-3, and everyone's like, okay, you know, I think San Jose can win this one. No, Vegas comes back, score two goals. Mark Stone scores the game-winning goal last night on the power play, and then they get an empty netter. Uh, this is a back and forward series. I think we're going to get that from every game, whether it goes to game three, four, five, six, seven, you name it. I think this series is going to be very, very close. And it's definitely going to be close because it's the only tied series in the NHL right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that on, on Wednesday night, um, the San Jose Sharks beat Vegas 5-2. to two, And then on Friday night, it was the opposite. Vegas came through with a victory and, and won 5-3. to three. You know what I was most psyched about in last night's game? My boy Jumbo Joe, fourth line center, coming through with a big goal. Yeah, I see. That I want to see him too. win. A, I really want to see him win a cup. I think he, he deserves yeah. it. He's gonna be going to the Hall of Fame, I think, in the future. Oh, most certainly he will. A Stanley Cup would just be a cherry on top, I think, on his um, his resume. Yeah, um, I picked San Jose to win this series last night. They didn't look like it in the first period, but when they came back, I was like, okay, this might be the San Jose team. That might get the job done. They obviously didn't win the game, but they definitely have a chance to go into Vegas. Vegas is like their their arena is unbelievable when you play there, and their fans are always behind them. It's gonna be tough for the Sharks to steal steal at least two games, maybe even one game, in the T-Mobile Arena. I don't know. I I put San Jose in seven, so hopefully that comes true. 
Yeah, I wrote um a little playoff preview on this series actually earlier on in the week. That can be found on thebreakdownsports.com, by the way. Um, but last night's game, I think, um, yeah. So I wrote a, a playoff preview on this series actually earlier on in the week. It's on. It can be found on uh, breakdownsports.com. But basically, I talked about how the X factor in this series is going to come down to goaltending. Uh, Martin Jones obviously led in three goals on seven shots uh, in the first period last night. Didn't look too good, and then Aaron Dell came in, stopped 14 shots, and didn't let any goals in. But Mark Andre Fleury, on the other hand, came through with a huge victory last night. He had 34 saves and led in three goals, which is pretty good in my opinion. Uh, I think at the end of the day, like I talked about in that playoff preview, goaltending is going to be the deciding factor moving from here on forward, I think. Because we could obviously see that both both these teams uh, can play hockey. and Yeah, yeah, you actually literally took the words right out of my mouth because the offense is obviously going to still be there. The goaltending has to save the puck. They have to stop the puck in order for one of the teams to win. Like the scoring's not going to stop. They just have too much firepower within the first two lines of both teams. Like you got guys like Evander Kane, Joe Pavelski, and then you got on the other side you have Mark Stone, Marcheseau, Pacioretty, Stasny, William Carlson. Scoring's not going to stop. I don't think it's going to stop. But if in order for it to stop, the goalies and the defense have to be better in this series. Let's move on to the next series now. The Nashville Predators and the Dallas Stars. They've only played one game so far, and Dallas won it on uh, Wednesday night, 3-2. to two. Um, And game two tonight is in Nashville, actually. Thoughts on this series, Thomas? I don't know if you watched any of these games at all. I was trying to watch the series, but my brother's like, oh, we got to put on the Pittsburgh game. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, you're a Pittsburgh fan, fine. But I, 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 this series intrigues me as well because I think Dallas is kind of like the Colorado Avalanche of last year. Colorado went into Nashville with the fans expecting Nashville to blow the roof off the place and sweep the Colorado avalanche. That wasn't the case that that series went to six games. And I think we are seeing a six game series here because Dallas is not going down without a fight. Tyler Sagan was pointless and every other Dallas, like that's not a bad thing. I'm saying that could be a good thing going into game two because he's pointless and they still won the game. And I think Tyler Sagan has been the best player for the stars all year. Nashville's got to be way better. They got to score on the power play because their power play is atrocious. It's league worst in the regular season at 12.9%. And I remember that stat because I wrote it in the playoff preview for the series. So go check it out on the breakdown sports. Nashville has to be better. Pecorine has to be better. Defense has to be better because their defensive core, the Nashville Predators, are very, very good on paper, but they're not showing it on the ice this time. Yeah, I want to mention that Ben Bishop came through with a huge win. Dallas Stars on uh, Wednesday night. He made 30 saves on 32 shots, pulled through with the victory. And like you mentioned, the Dallas Stars, um, Tyler Sagan did not, he was pointless that night. But that that's not a bad thing necessarily for the Dallas Stars. Hopefully uh, he'll he'll find his stride in, in the next couple games. I want to talk about Alexander Radulov for a second though, because he has been on fire this year. He's been one of the Dallas Stars' best players. And he also came through with a nice uh, little goal there on, on Wednesday night. I think he's been a big part of Dallas's success this year. Yeah, most certainly. And big minute rookie Miro Heiskanen got a big goal on the power play last game, so good for him. 
Dallas Stars need to head into the game playing another good defensive game tonight in order to be up 2-0 in this series. So uh, moving on to the next series, it's actually a, another good series I've been watching. Winnipeg versus St. Louis, lots of hitting. Reminds, it reminds me of the Islanders versus Penguins. These teams do not like each other, and you can clearly tell on the ice every shift, every whistle, every play. Yeah, I literally had the exact same take on this series. It reminds me a lot of that Islanders and, and Pittsburgh series. Also because I think home ice advantage for Winnipeg was huge. I thought it was going to be a huge factor for them. Obviously, uh, they're trailing 2 nothing in the series now. They just lost two games at home. But, man, the Winnipeg Jets freaking whiteout crowd there in the playoffs go nuts. They remind me a lot yeah. of the New York Islanders crowd. And I just think that it's, it's heartbreaking for the Jets that they lost both those games at home. Because I, I really was expecting home ice advantage to play a big part in this series. You mentioned, though, both these teams absolutely hate each other, which is just a very intriguing factor for me in this series, and I'm going to be watching a lot of this series, I think, moving forward. Yeah, we actually forgot to mention, St. Louis is up 2-0 in the series, as you couldn't tell. Uh, Jordan Bennington's been on fire for the Blues through this whole season and now in the playoffs. He didn't make a whole ton of saves last night, but... You got the W. He's 2-0 and in the playoffs, and everyone said, oh, he doesn't have experience or whatnot. He's showing it right now with the uh, Blues in front of that great defensive decor. Petrangelo's playing unbelievable. He's blocking shots, and Robert Bortuzzo, I don't know if you saw it last night, but he got hit by, I think it was, uh, was it Bufflin or something? I don't know. Oh, Adam Lowry. It was Adam Lowry in the corner, and his hand got cut. And midway, midway through the play in the third period, he had to go to the other side because the Blues dressing room was on the other side of the ice. They stopped the play, and you can see his blood was all, or his hand was all bloody, and it didn't look good. I, I don't know if he's going to be back for game three, and hopefully he is, and hopefully he's okay. And you're right, Biddington has been a huge part in this, and it was Blues' success, I think, this season. Um, he stopped 24 shots on 25 on uh, Wednesday night, and then last night, he also made 26 saves on, I think he faced 29 shots. So that's good on him, man. He's a young guy. I think he's going to be a big part of the, the blue success moving forward. And like you they said, home ice is, like, like you said before, home ice is going to play a big part in the series because St. Louis's crowd is, is not quiet. Like it's loud when it gets to playoff hockey. You saw that years ago when they made the playoffs versus Chicago and when they made that run. I don't think the Blues fans are going to let up at all. I think they're going to be loud nuts. And the Blues team is, they were last place on January 3rd. To think that this team is in last, leading this series 2-0, and they were last place, like we mentioned last week, it's unbelievable. They're doing stuff like it's out of this world. Tarasenko hasn't been their best player this series, and that's scary going into Game 3 for the Jets because if that guy wakes up and uses his lethal shot that he has, good luck. The series kind of reminds me of the, the Columbus and Tampa Bay series a little bit because the underdog, the St. Louis Blues in this situation, um, like the Columbus Blue Jackets, are up 2 to nothing, heading into their home stretch their uh, next two two games, which is huge, right? So I, th I think this is, yep. a, this is a series to watch in my eyes. We should move on to Battle of the Buds, I think, Thomas. Yeah, we'll last explain week, it too, yeah. Last week, Thomas and I mentioned that we – be posting our brackets on Twitter, which we did not get to, uh, but that's okay because we will be reading, reading out our brackets for you here. So, Thomas, you want to start us off? Okay, hold on. Let me just get mine up. Uh, what series do you want to start with? 
Let's start off with the, the West Coast. Uh, I got Calgary in six games if we're going to start with that. I just think that the Flames are a better overall team than Colorado, but Colorado could steal two games in that series. Yeah, I got the Flames as well. I think that's a no-brainer. I have the Flames in five games. Next series, I have the Vegas Golden Knights in six games against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I have uh, San Jose in seven games. And then the Nashville-Dallas series, I have Nashville beating the Dallas Stars in five games. I have the Nashville Predators in six games over the Dallas Stars. Jets and Blue series, I got Jets in seven. And for that series that we just mentioned before, I have the Jets in six games, but they got to win four in a row now for me to be correct. And if we're moving on to the Eastern Conference, Tampa and Columbus, I have I had Tampa beating Columbus in five games, which is impossible now, but we'll see what happens. Tampa, well, I mean, I mean, if you if you're gonna see what happens, it's not gonna go the way you wanted to. Um, I have Tampa Bay in six. Like the Winnipeg and St. Louis series, they have to win four in a row for my bracket to be right. Boston and Toronto, I got Boston being the Toronto Maple Leafs in six. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs in six or seven games. I didn't, I didn't toss up between six and seven games. I have it in seven games, hundred percent. Uh, the only reason, like I mentioned last week, the only reason why I have the Leafs is because one year I'm not going to pick the Leafs, and they're actually going to win the series. So. And if we head to Washington and Carolina, I got Washington in. I got uh, Washington in five games over the Hurricanes. In the last series, Islanders-Pittsburgh, I got Pittsburgh in seven. I got Pittsburgh in six. Again, like the Blue series and the Tampa Bay Lightning series, Pittsburgh has to win four in a row for my bracket to be completely right. Are you looking to sign up with the online sportsbook for the first time or just looking to place bets through an online sportsbook? The Breakdown has you covered. Check out mybookie.ag and use our code BRK. D-W-N. Again, B-R-K-D-W-N. And you will get a 50% off bonus on your deposit up to $100. That means if you deposit $100 using our code, you get $50 free. Again, use our co- code B-R-K-D-W-N on MyBookie now. Yeah, I think that's uh, it for episode 8 of the N10 Puck Talk podcast. Uh, lots of the last words we want to mention. Fantasy Hockey Year interview that's going to be coming out soon by yours truly, Andrew Flager. And Thomas and I are going to be working on an article together. Uh, we're going to give out some awards, Fantasy Hockey Yearly Awards. Uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be coming out sometime this week as well. And check out our website for a lot more sports content. We cover mm-hmm. everything from MLB, uh, football, hockey, NBA, soccer. everything, soccer. Yep. Anything you can think of, we cover it on our site. So check out uh, thebreakdownsports.com. And also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thebreakdownsports. Yeah, lots more content coming out. Uh, this has been the End to End Puck Talk podcast, episode number eight. Um, from Andrew Flager and I, we'll chat next week.